When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that's such gay. So podcast. Oh, <laughs> Oh, millennials. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, rar. We're going to talk about dinosaurs. We're going to talk about dinosaurs. We have we have extremely sexy social media insanity producing content guy, Fossil Daddy. Yep. Fossil Daddy is going to join us to talk a little bit about fossils and dinosaurs. And it's going to be gay and fun. Yeah. But first... But first, we have uh, some like stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first of all, the San Francisco show has to be rescheduled. Uh, It has been canceled. You should have received your refunds by now if you bought tickets. We are going to reschedule for later in the year. I'm working to figure out exactly when and we'll let you know as soon as I know. Yeah. Unfortunately, the venue canceled on us, so it was out of our control. So we're sorry to the people that that had to change for. Um, We unfortunately couldn't do anything about it. So. Um, sorry about that. And we will, we really want to go to San Francisco. So we will figure something else and let you know. Next, uh, we did a gayish spotlight. So we've been doing these spotlight things where we took, uh, we, we look at LGBT people that are doing really awesome things, have awesome projects. And then we, we highlight them. We post the content to Patreon, but it's free. You don't have to pay anything. You can just go there. But this, uh, just last week, we did a spotlight with the Polly podcast. Yeah, they were, they had a great conversation. Uh, They talked about being Polly and their process of opening up their relationship and what that looked like. Um, And I thought it was really informative and useful. So check that out. Go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast, and you can listen to all the spotlights that we've done for free, no matter who you are. Yeah, they're all tagged with a spot like tag, so you can filter it down to those and and just hear those. Yeah. Uh, feedback and corrections. So really quickly, I so if you want the whole explanation, you're going to have to join Patreon. <laughs> oh, but boy. Uh, I I made a mistake at the live show when I said that ten inch dicks are one in a million. I did a bunch of math. If you want to hear all of the math, nothing attracts people to Patreon like math. I go mm-hmm. into it and how bell curves and standard deviations work, but it's more like one in 10 billion and that's why i could confidently say that there ain't none so you we posted that to that is our latest patreon segment um so we posted that this past friday um we already got some comments some some angry not ain't well a little bit angry heated comments uh arguing incredulous Sure. So, so incredulous uh, that uh, on, on what you said there. So uh, if you're already a member of Patreon at the $5 and up level, you can listen to that now. And then I wanted to read this really quickly just because I love feedback. So this is actually about one of our favorite episodes, episode 34, which is all the way back in October of 2017, Kyle. Wow. Uh, Hi, Mike and Kyle. I recently found your podcast and have started from the beginning, so I'm not super far yet. I started listening because I am a straight elementary school teacher in Canada and want to know more and from someone's perspective inside the community. I just wanted to email because after listening to your wedding episode, I wanted to hug you both. You both share a lot of personal stuff and I can only imagine how hard that must be. I relate to both of you in a lot of ways, especially being socially awkward and depression. It is really brave of you both for sharing what you do and I know it helps other people. 
I almost didn't email because I'm not really sure if this will matter, but I appreciate what you both do, and I hope you both find the love you were looking for and deserve. And maybe by the time I catch up to the present, you are you will already have. No, but thank nope. you. Uh, <laughs> thanks again, Brittany. Oh, thanks, Brittany. That's so uh, sweet that that we have straight people that just like want to learn more and listen to us to do that. And the best way to get me to read something is to either pay for a hundred words or to say that you don't know if I care about you. Cause I do. <laughs> we do. So, so we're going to see a lot of emails that say like, I don't know if you care, but, and then say whatever you want to. Oh God. Yeah. Thanks for that email. Yeah. Thanks girl. Uh, and now the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. News the first. I suppose I should say a, a, a brief trigger warning about violence. Um, if you don't want to hear that, I guess you can skip. Uh, Kyle always puts the time stamps in the show notes, so you can skip ahead uh, to get out of the news section. Uh, but but news the first. I, I really want to talk about 28-year-old O'Shea Sibley. Uh, who was stabbed to death last weekend at a gas station in Brooklyn. He was a professional dancer, an openly gay man, and was stabbed because he dared to vogue to Beyonce where bigots could see him. Um, It was all captured on video. The security cameras at the gas station show a fight breaking out and one man stabbing him. And he uh, he's a Philadelphia native and was pronounced dead after he arrived at a local hospital. The main suspect was a 17-year-old, and they have him now in custody. He has been arrested. Quote, uh, this is from the police department. Quote, the suspect in the fatal stabbing of O'Shea Sibley in my district last night, uh, last Saturday night, just turned himself into the 16th precinct and is now in custody, wishing the family peace during this difficult time and hoping for swift justice and serious consequences for the perpetrator. That was uh, Council Member Ina Vernikov on Twitter, or X. But yeah, I, I think it's it's very, very sad. Um, he he was a, a well, first very attractive man, but then um, he was just he was just daring to be queer in public and yeah. m- not necessarily minding his own business, but he was he was just dancing. He was know? minding his own business. Yeah, he was being doing his thing while he's filling up his car. This one was a this one was a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. And um if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't clear because O'Shea maybe sounds Irish, uh, he was a, a black gentleman, and I I just I just can't. So violence against LGBTQ plus people is just out of control. And in fact, at least according to the Advocate, he was he was the fifth LGBTQ person to be killed uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, that's being investigated as a hate crime, and. Uh, yeah, it's just really sad and I feel bad and things are really crazy and dangerous. I directly hold responsible the religious right and the conservative movement in this country for emboldening people to f- f- kill us. Like, yeah, it, it, it's fucking disgusting. I completely agree. And this is when we rail against the religious right and, you know, it. I don't care. People are like, Oh, like you have to be fair or you have to like, they are, they're like you said, emboldening people to kill us. They are stoking violence. It is their fault directly. And I don't know how you can remain associated with people that attack our community in that way. It's, 
I, I don't, I don't care to try to be fair to people that are causing this kind of violence against our community. Yep. Yep. They don't deserve it. Yes. Glad as part of their statement on the matter said, quote, Sibley's shocking murder follows a disturbing rise in violence and harassment against LGBTQ people across the U S this cannot continue. No one should have to fear for their safety just for being themselves. Politicians spewing lies and proposing policies filled with disinformation and media repeating their false and dangerous rhetoric unchallenged are creating an incredibly hostile environment that endangers all LGBTQ people and all queer people of color. And uh, I, it just, I just have to repeat that those politicians that they're talking about are fucking Republicans. Yeah. Dickbag, fuckface, asshole, conservative Republicans. That's who you're voting for if you're voting that way. Yeah. Uh, okay, news the second. Great. Uh, you know who Dr. Fauci is? Yep. Yeah, Dr. Fauci is on the out as the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious he's, Diseases. He's out? Yeah. Welcome to the fam, honey. Oh, no, not, not, that kind of, not that kind of out. Not that kind oh. of out. Although he quite famously did a lot of work on HIV AIDS in, in, in the 80s. And um, he has led that organization since 1984. Uh, but he retired last year. And the replacement for him is Dr. Gene Marazzo, who's director of the Division of Infectious Diseases at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And she is a lesbian. She knows what vagina tastes like. And she <laughs> is the first known queer person to hold that post. Wow. She is an expert on HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. And uh, some of her research has involved uh, PrEP, which we talk about all the time as being so critical to to HIV AIDS prevention in the gay community. She's also known for her research on hormonal contraception and infections of the female reproductive tract. And uh, yeah, she just she's she's fantastic. And we know she's going to get shit done because she's a lesbian. (laughs) And I also you never hear this kind of stuff about this kind of professional Colleagues have lauded her as an effective communicator and someone who, while serious about her work, knows how to have fun. Jennifer Balkus, who's an epidemiologist at the Seattle King County Public Health Department right here in our backyard, told yeah. NPR that at a conference she and Marazzo attend each year, quote, part of the meeting culminates in a gala dance and Jeannie is always, always on the dance floor. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, the new Dr. Fauci uh, is, is Dr. Marazzo. Dr. Marazzo. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, congrats, lesbians, on taking over one more cog in the wheel, which I support. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with the lesbian takeover of America. Yep. <laughs> uh, news the last. Wayne Brady is pansexual. I just saw this. Just happened today, a, a little bit before we started recording. We're recording on Monday night. Comic and Let's Make a Deal host, Wayne Brady, Uh, is living his authentic self and has publicly come out as pansexual. In an interview and essay published today with People Magazine, Brady, who's 51 years old, said, I am pan. He joked, it's bisexual with an open mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love all people equally, and now that includes myself, he explained. Uh, He said that he he first came out to his ex-wife, Mandy Takeda, who's 47. They have a daughter named Miley, who is 20. Uh, his ex-wife said, quote, I just said, great, as I knew coming out would help him be happier. And uh, their daughter's reaction, I just said, OK, Miley said. <laughs> they are apparently working on a new reality series uh, for Hulu next year. And 
it's going to cover how they are co-parenting, which I don't know. They're, they're, their daughter's 20. Does she need parents anymore? I, anyway. <laughs> um, but he explained that he came to identify as pan because he realized he could be attracted to anyone who was gay, bi, trans, or non-binary. He said that pansexually to him means, quote, being able to be attracted across the board. And I think, at least for me, for right now, that is the proper place. I took pan to mean that not only can I be attracted to any of these people or types physically, but I could be attracted to the person that is there. Um, anyway, yeah, I, he, he said he said he's never been in a relationship with a dude. Uh, quote, let's be really honest. I've also been attracted to certain men in my life, but I've always pushed that aside because of how I was raised and because because I live in today's world and it's scary as shit. Hmm. But he's he's opened the idea, says he's single, but it's not about being with someone right now. I've got some work to do still. Then Wayne as a single open minded pansexual can make a decision and be free and open to other people. Anyway, welcome to the tent, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, I learned both that he was pansexual and that there's a show called Let's Make a Deal. So two <laughs> two new pieces of information that I got today. Yep. <laughs> That's the news. That's the news. Well, speaking of pansexuals. <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were going to say people who want to make a deal. <laughs> speaking of people who've made deals in our favor, uh, I want to thank the following Patreon members. Jonas F. Crash, maybe. Uh, Jacob Sullivan. Uh, Saikung. And Michael Warren, I just need to power through these instead of stopping and adding a question mark to the end of them. Um, uh, Michael Warren well, you and can stop you can save some for next time. And CJ, I was doing five per episode. I have more names forthcoming. We have a bunch of new signups. So thank you to people that signed up. Your name will be spoken aloud soon. Thank you for your money. Thank you for your money. And remember to anyone, even if you don't have Patreon, can check out our spotlight. We just recently had our Patreon happy hour um, last week, which was a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who came out to that. And if sorry, you I left to, early. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. No one else would have known. Um, and if you want to join and get bonus episodes, content, uh, support us directly, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Do it. You want to talk about dinosaurs, Kyle? Let's talk about dinosaurs. Well, okay, first let's talk about Fossil Daddy. Oh, okay, sure. Well, I was going to mention before we do that, that this episode was request, dinosaurs were requested by the survey that we did. So thank you to the person that requested that we talk about dinosaurs. That's one of the reasons we're doing this. Yeah. Let's talk about Fossil Daddy. Okay. Okay. Have you, You've seen Fossil Daddy. I've seen Fossil Daddy's Instagrams and now seen some of his YouTubes. Yeah. Uh, do you want him to crush you like a rock? Oh, obviously. I want him to... <laughs> dig me up and split me open i want him to brush me with one of those little brushes to get all of the all of the dirt out of my cracks <laughs> you wanted to dust the dirt out of your crack that's the least sexual thing we could say about him yeah uh, yeah he knows what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah if you couldn't hear it mike just did a big old wink into the camera yeah um also very intelligent personable friendly guy so he has more going for him than just his looks but he also has his looks <laughs> yeah he clearly fucking cares about fossils and working out and it's working for him yep yep uh he uh, to be fair puts educational thirst trap on his instagram so he mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing yep 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 uh so we're gonna have him on in just a minute to talk to us more about fossils and see it and dinosaurs and i'm gonna ask him what what dinosaur i think is the gayest okay 
I don't know that there's an answer to that, but you know, whatever. We'll see. Yeah. I'm going to ask him where, why he's not in me. No, Great. I won't do that. Um, okay. One thing I wanted to mention is in the survey, part of the request to do this episode was because apparently there is a Republican theory that gay dinosaurs <laughs> caused the extinction. Sure. So, sure. I mean, th- theory is such a strong word. Like there's, there's very little intelligent thought going into that, but yeah, yeah. Theory, not in the scientific form of the word in the casual use of the word. There is a, someone said it once. Um, so the, uh, look, the truth is 66 million years ago, an asteroid hit and that caused a blockout, a not complete, but a blockout of the sun reduced the amount of light that reached Earth's surface that had an impact on plant growth that trailed up the food chain, causing the ecosystem to collapse. That's what we know happened. Yep. So if anyone wants to tell you anything different, um, there's actually some, com- there are some competing theories some actual competing theories but that's the one that is widely accepted for why dinosaurs are extinct um but i'm going to tell you a little bit more about what i found when i was looking up gay dinosaurs uh in the patreon segment okay okay is this going to be megasaurus and lickalotopus yeah okay great (laughs) those are my go-to gay jokes when someone's like tell me a gay joke it's like what's What's a gay dinosaur called and what's a lesbian dinosaur called? I need better jokes. Um, Gayish. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, do you care about dinosaurs? You know, I, I wasn't that kid. You know, like I, there are some kids and let's face it, they, it tends to be boys who yeah. are just fucking obsessed with dinosaurs. They want all the dinosaur figurines and they have the posters and they'll talk your fucking ear off about every every kind of dinosaur and blah 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 i just i i did not get that like yeah um how about you like yeah so you- no sa- same here um i am exactly the same but i was wondering like you said it's it is definitely a stereotypical boy thing like the quintessential boy thing to be interested in is dinosaurs or trucks like those are the things yeah. um and is that though just because we encourage boys who are interested in that? Like, is that's not mm. a natural like that doesn't occur naturally that anyone born with a penis is suddenly interested in dinosaurs. I think we just encourage that in our boys more, and yeah. encourage you know princess and and tea parties with girls more. Yeah, how much of it is marketing, and how much of it is is, is like nature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that all of that interest, being a boy interest, is, is nurture. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hope so. I tend to agree. Yeah, but yeah. Who knows? If you're a female into dinosaurs, one, pursue your passion, and maybe you'll learn a little bit from Fossil Daddy on how to do that if you want to. Well, and um, I, know, I know that there's tons of them. Like one of my very favorite shows on YouTube, despite just saying that I'm not that into dinosaurs or wasn't as a kid, I enjoy this this uh, this channel on YouTube called PBS Eons, and they talk about a lot of things, not just uh, paleontology, but they do talk about paleontology a lot. And um, I, one of my favorite hosts on there is this this woman who is just she fucking loves this shit. <laughs> and so 
they're 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 out there. But I, I wonder how much of it is represent, representation. Maybe like mm. maybe if there were more women in paleontology, that it would inspire little girls to be. And maybe we're not into dinosaurs because we're gay, Kyle. We need more gays in that field. Well, that's I think something that Fossil Daddy's doing is encouraging through representation more gays to get involved because in spite of the the thirsty photos, he has you know he goes on fossil digs and and mm. posts you know educational content about it so it'll be interesting to learn a little bit more from him about that whole process yeah for sure uh do you want to go talk to fossil daddy yeah um on the patreon segment you're going to talk about this gay dinosaur thing more yeah yep okay and maybe i'll maybe i'll i'll i'll, I'll ask him about it too just because i'm i'm curious to know whether this is like common knowledge <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh should we should we take a break yeah let's take a break let's take a break break this is the part where mike and kyle take a break all right so are we back we're back we're back <laughs> we are here with fossil daddy uh fossil extraordinaire and and a social media diva uh, how's it going? Good. How are you? Welcome. Welcome to Gage. Uh, it's fantastic to have you here. And thank Derek for just totally stalking you online and then harassing you until you decided to come and, and join us. I actually love that about him. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we pay him for. All right. Right out of the gate. I just have to, I just have to ask that accent, man. Where are you from? I'm from Boston. Well, actually, I'm from south of Boston, a dangerous little city called Brockton, Massachusetts, uh-huh. that I escaped. <laughs> uh, escaped? Escaped to where? Where are you now? Well, uh, I escaped to Scotland for about 10 years, and now uh, I moved back in 2017 and now live uh, southeastern Massachusetts. I probably shouldn't say yeah. exactly where, but, <laughs> but like near, uh, near Rhode Island, near Rhode Island. So uh, we'll start with uh, your Instagram at Fossil Daddy. Um, I'm curious, you talk about being an LGBTQ fossil hunter. I'm yes. curious, what got you into fossil hunting in the first place? Ah, uh, well, you know, it's kind of a long story, so I'm going to try to like bring it down a little bit. But it started <laughs> in 1998 uh, with the release of Pokemon Blue and Red for the Game Boy. So for anyone who doesn't know, I have a twin brother. He got Pokemon Red. I got Pokemon Blue. So when we got to uh, Mount Moon, uh, you encounter the super nerd after you battle Team Rocket. And uh, you steal one of his fossils. And there's like one of two. Uh, So there was the Dome fossil and the Helix fossil. Uh, So I picked the Helix and my twin brother picked the Dome fossil. Uh, and we knew later on in the game we could revive it into a Pokemon. Well, anyway, the Helix fossil revives into a Pokemon called Ammonite. And I knew in the back of my head that I heard that word before. And that's because Ammonite was based off of very real-world Ammonite fossils. Um, actually, I have one right here that I found in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that kind of snowballed into, like... A curiosity about ammonites. So I bought a book about ammonites. I read all about them, and then that wasn't enough. I had to learn more about the things that lived alongside ammonites, and then I had to learn about the things that lived before and after ammonites, and that it just snowballed into a lifelong um, obsession of paleontology. <laughs> my parents thought I was autistic because it dominated my life. So. <laughs> That covers my question about Pokemon as well. So you got two in one with that. <laughs> yes, I'm good for that. Uh, is your is your brother also LGBT? Is he part of the queer no. community? 
No. <laughs> Begrudgingly, no. Uh, he annoys me with how straight he is. Yeah. My brother's too bad. Yep. Yeah. Same. God, I can't stand him. <laughs> Love him, but I can't stand him. Uh, and uh, you mentioned in your Instagram that you do educational thirst traps. So yeah. why why the thirst trap part of the equation? You know, like, uh, so there's a few different reasons. So... Originally, before uh, my account was Fossil Daddy, I used my actual name, and uh, I had about 3,000 followers, and they were all, like, old farts, like, old rock hounds, and, um, you know, like, I I remember one specifically left a comment because I posted nothing but fossils. I didn't even show my face back then, and he said something along the lines on of, like, this is real man's work, and, like, no queer could ever, like, blah, 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 not realizing that I was an openly gay man. So, uh, in response to that, I just posted, like, a very, um, slutty photo (laughs) of me holding a fossil, like, the sluttiest thing I've ever posted. And immediately, (laughs) like, that person unfollowed me, along with, like, a thousand others. (laughs) <laughs> real, real quick, okay. To describe it, what what was what was this lady? Describe describe the picture if you could. Okay, so like I was wear not that I wear them often, but I had a jock strap, and yeah. uh, I was like covering basically like my itty bits with um with a fossil, <laughs> and you know like uh you know it was just really really uh unlike me at the time and i i did that kind of like as a response to his really homophobic comment and it was unintentionally homophobic because i don't even think i put anywhere in my profile that i was gay he just assumed i was one of them um and then i realized that you know like the rock hounding community might be a little too uh conservative for me so i started trying to appeal to a broader audience of you know gays days and you know whatever in between so, you know, I, I, I find I, ha- I get more enjoyment by catering to queer people than I do to people who are already interested in paleontology, because I can get people interested in paleontology just by being really unapologetically gay and, you know, queer and showing my curly bits <laughs> <laughs> well okay so is that is that dude sort of right like are queer people underrepresented in paleontology oh absolutely uh, absolutely like i want to turn paleontology into galeontology at the end of the day <laughs> um but it, it, yeah and you know it's funny because a lot of the people that i know who work in paleontology are gay uh but they they're just not as open about it because natural history is still such a very like male dominating space particularly like white male dominating space uh so there's really not a whole lot of representation within the study and then you know like uh, i wouldn't say natural history is very conservative but the raw counting group like the they're like uh they're the people who are not academically involved with geology but it's a subset or a sublet of the community that has an interest in rocks and fossils they're extremely conservative like shockingly so for a bunch of people who are really interested in the sciences so but they're all old so (laughs) trying to get some new blood in there maybe we could call queer paleontologists a rock pig oh I like that. <laughs> Does that not already mean something? That sound, that has the air of a word that already means something in some other context, but I, I don't know exactly what. Or a rock top. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so so uh, tell us a little bit about like your like quali- qualifications. Clearly, you've been doing this for a really long time. Is it yes. is it just on a, like a hobby basis, or do you have like no, formal training? I have formal training. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have my, my uh, okay. So I had a really difficult adolescence because of who I was. Yeah. Um, so I was chronically in school because if I was not in school, I would essentially be homeless. So I was essentially living off of school loans for like 15 years. Um, I have a degree in animation of all things. Um, but when I realized that the arts weren't really going to get me anywhere, I went into Marine bio and coastal ecology, um, and got my degree in that. And then from there I got another undergrad in geology And then I was uh, given the opportunity to study abroad in Scotland, uh, which is where I got my master's in geology with a focus on ecnology, which is the study of trace fossils. Uh, Wow. I mean, that's you might be like the most learned person we've ever had on the show. (laughs) And I I still talk like a trash bag. (laughs) In your Instagram and YouTube, you talk about making fossil hunting something that seems more approachable and you talk about how anyone can can do it yeah actually i made a youtube video about this because it's a comment i get all the time because you know like people when they see me with fossils you know the one thing i get asked all the time is like why is that not in a museum and it's like because they're everywhere you know like you just need to know where to look you know people aren't gonna Museums aren't going to want that common-ass brachiopod that I just pulled off of uh, Route 95. So, you know, (laughs) I really... uh, It just shows that, like, there is an entire generation or even generations of people who just didn't really learn much about Earth history or geology. And I I feel like that's kind of the public education system's fault in America specifically, because when I lived in the UK, like they knew all about their geology all over Europe, like that paleontology was so like was so well known that people didn't confuse it for archaeology as much as they do here. <laughs> so that was uh, that was when I moved back. That was uh, something that kind of opened my eyes is that like Americans just don't know anything about paleontology at all. So I, I've watched your um, videos on the on the difference, but for our listening audience, will you describe the difference between the two? Absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> paleontology is the study of prehistoric life by way of fossil evidence. Uh, archaeology is the study of man- of human civilization by way of man-made artifacts. Do you get compared to um, either Indiana Jones or Ross from Friends? All Those the are the t- two that all the immediately time. jumped. Okay, all okay. the time. So, like, when people call me Indiana Jones, I'm like, no, he's not even an archaeologist. He's more of a grave robber. Um, and then <laughs> when people call me Ross, I'm like, mm, no, like, I'm not straight. And... Uh, <laughs> It, but, but, you know, like, people called me Ross so often. Back when I was on all the apps, like Grind, uh, Scruff, my handle actually was not Ross Geller. <laughs> 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 and then people would ask me, why are you not Ross Geller? And then I'd tell them, because I'm a paleontologist. And I'm like, but you are Ross Geller. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay, so y- you talk about, like, finding something on Route 95 or however you put it, yeah. and that, that people aren't going to be interested in that. If I just stumble across a fossil out in the wilderness, should I tell somebody? Should I just take I it mean, home? You should, you should always 
alert people. I mean, like, if if you think you found something significant, you should always tell a university or an institution or look up your closest paleontological society and just inquire, hey, what the hell is this that I found? Or you could message me and I'll get back to you when I can. Um, but normally, if it's something common, they're going to be like, bravo, that's very good. Um <laughs> But if it's something really important, you know, like you're potentially looking at getting an allowance for it <laughs> or a stipend, you know, like, or at the very least some credit for discovering something brand new. I mean, there was a freaking six-year-old who just discovered a new dinosaur in, Mo- in Montana, and I want to slap the shit out of her because <laughs> it wasn't me, but like, <laughs> but still, like, you know, like uh, the most incredible discoveries have been uh, discovered by everyday people. Mm. It's very seldom that the paleontologists themselves discover the fossils. You know, they're just the ones that study them after. Mm. That's why I'm always fossil hunting, too. I'm always looking for something new. So are your DMs, what's the ratio of pictures of fossils, dick pics, and hole pics? Oh, right. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I have a really bad... Um, habit of not checking my dms because i do get a lot of unsolicited eggplants mm-hmm. um <laughs> however you know like i oh so this is gonna sound really bad but like if it's not a dude like if it's a woman i'll cl- i'll click on the message because more often than not it's the women that have the have the paleontology questions mm-hmm. or when i if i do check my dms and it's not just an attachment you know, like <laughs> if it's just an attachment and there's no context, I know what they're sending and it's not fossils. <laughs> yeah. So luckily Instagram uh, like shows you kind of a preview of what messages are going to be before you open them. So, I, you know, I do try to skim them once a day and click the genuinely curious. Um, so, yeah, I do a lot of vetting through my DMs. I, I try to respond to everybody, but obviously I got to have those boundaries. <laughs> yeah. 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 How, how do you deal with like thirsty Instagram comments? I'm just like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Next. <laughs> How would you like, it's interesting having this combination of intentionally, you know, you know that you're posting thirst traps to encourage people to get excited and interested. And also people then see that as an invitation that, that it may not be like, what would your ideal way that people would interact with you would be? Where, where's the line for you? Okay. So I actually got a comment on Instagram like a week ago and it was, you know, a dude who got lured in by my thirst traps and he let he left me like this lengthy comment and when i hear when i see lengthy comments i'm like oh no it's a creationist or oh no it's a transphobe (laughs) and it wasn't either he was just like you know i am so glad i found this account i followed immediately because i thought you were hot but with every post i learned something incredibly valuable and i'm going on my first fossil hunt next week with my paleontological society so, you know, like, I know I'm doing something. I'm doing something good, you know. Um, maybe not not maybe not maybe everybody sees it that way, but uh, just enough people I seem to be having an impact on, and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Total pivot. What's the gayest dinosaur? The gayest dinosaur? Oh, homolacephaly, because homo's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what, what's it look like? What's his deal? He's a tiny little pocket bottom. I don't know. He's just tiny. 
No, he is. He's like he, one of the smallest theropod dinosaurs. Um, you could probably fit it in the palm of your hand, you know, take it home, daddy style. Yeah, they were cute little guys. They had little beaks, too. Little beaks. What's your favorite? My favorite what? Dinosaur? Yeah. Okay, oh, I have, like, a couple. Okay, so Dilophosaurus, not the Jurassic Park version. I threw a temper tantrum at, uh, in 1994 at the movie theater because of how it was inaccurately portrayed. Uh, but mainly because uh, the very first dinosaur fossil I ever found... Uh, was a Eubrontes footprint, which was made by a large bipedal theropod dinosaur in the early Jurassic. And there was only a few very large bipedal theropod dinosaurs in the early Jurassic, so it's widely accepted that the Eubrontes footprints of the Connecticut River Valley were made by Dilophosaurus. So just by default, Dilophosaurus became one of my favorite dinosaurs because it was one of the very first dinosaur fossils they found. And then I also really like Baryonyx. It's a Spinosaurid from the UK, uh, sometimes Spain. Lived in the water and probably drank a lot of tea because, you know, British. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard the theory or, or are you familiar with the Facebook group, Gay Marriage Killed the Dinosaurs? <laughs> Uh, no, but now I feel like I need to join it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there, in, in, in like 2010, there was this thing that happened on the internet where the rumor was going around that dinosaurs went extinct because they're gay. And it, it became this like right-wing talking point joke that actually then, because people are idiots, they started to believe it. Of course. And, um, it, it's, it's really... It's really interesting to me that that like the internet is a fucking crazy ass place as, it we, all, is. as we all know. You know, it's funny because a lot of my content on YouTube is starting to pivot where I'm just debunking like uh, conspiracy theories and <laughs> and pseudoscience. <laughs> uh, so that would be something really fun to look into. <laughs> Well, one of the one of the one of the things that's out there, though, like looking into it, obviously, that's a ridiculous lie. It was the the Chicxulub meteor that killed all of the dinosaurs when it crashed into Mexico. But the the question of could dinosaurs have been homosexual comes up in that in that conversation. And the answer is like, probably because like birds are dinosaurs and there's a lot of gay ass birds. Uh, Yeah, actually, there's about 1,500 species that have been recorded to uh, display homosexual tendencies or behaviors. So yeah, honestly, I do think dinosaurs were probably amongst some of the very first gays. You know, actually, I'm going to take that back. Maybe synapsids, like in the Permian. Permian reptiles, for sure, probably displayed some really gay tendencies. Like like, like, like what? Do you just mean like bang, they banged each other? Or, or do you they, mean yeah, I mean, I don't think that, I, I mean, I don't think they had like, I don't think they had it in them to cuddle, but, you know, they probably <laughs> did bang each other. And, you know, you know, for the, there are some reptiles that do pair for life. So who's to say that there weren't in the Permian period? Um... I don't know, maybe there are just some little gay dino, uh, not dinos, because they weren't, they hadn't evolved yet. Maybe some gay little reptile daddies. <laughs> so our our uh, friend of the show, Matt Baum, he w- he was on to talk about video games, but he is an author for The Stranger, which is our local alternative magazine here in Seattle. And he wrote an article uh, a couple of years ago talking about this really interesting connection between the dinosaurs, the sitcom 
Mm-hmm. If you remember oh, that. I love that. Yeah. I'm the yeah. baby. Gotta love me. Hell yeah. But, but the, the idea that there was actual serious study in paleontology by guys named Franz Nop- Nopxa. Yeah, that's who Fran was named after. Yeah, re- who's Fran? The mother from Dinosaurs. Really? I had no idea. Yes. Oh. Oh, that's that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a Matt Baum in this article. He writes about how there was a gay-ish episode where mm-hmm. Robbie, the son, who I agree with, with, with oh, Matt. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that. I had a crush on him. I'm like, I did I... too. I did too. I'm not going to lie. Like those spikes did something for me. Maybe it was even the voice. Absolutely. But yeah, like, he, he tried to become a herbivore for a while yes. and the family tried so hard to accept it, but they just couldn't see past the lifestyle. And then they just learned to love him no matter what by the end. Y- Fuck yeah. yeah. The, the most thinly veiled like an- analogy for gayness ever, mm-hmm. especially for like ABC television in the fucking nineties. Right. Right. Exactly. But uh, so part of part of the theory there, though, is that maybe maybe dinosaurs were more social than we thought and that there was caretaking behavior that took place. So that's actually what I study. So my area of uh, study in paleontology is ichnology, which I don't know if you know what that is, Mm. but that's the study of trace fossils like fossil footprints, body impressions. And the one thing I really like about trace fossils is that it gives us a better idea of the behaviors of animals. So, like, uh, a lot of the dinosaur footprints I find are obvious groups. Like, I find them so close together and, you know, like, there's no sign of, um... There's very rarely any sign of conflict, but it's just social behavior that I'm witnessing from 200 million years ago. And it's like the most incredible thing. I actually just found some footprints the other day where there was like a very large footprint and then just little baby ones. Like it took four steps for one step of the little for the adult. And that was probably um, just by the shape of the feet, you could tell it was probably a youngster along with the mother. So is it, is it in your professional opinion, then, did dinosaurs exhibit caretaking behavior, social caretaking oh, of behavior? Course they did. Of course they did. Some species, not so much. The largest uh, sauropods, it's debated that, you know, they just kind of shat their eggs and left, uh, kind of like <laughs> snakes do today and turtles for the most part. But... Uh, theropod dinosaurs definitely had a lot of uh, nurturing behaviors with their young. So it's this. Uh, I, I love this article in 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 the, in the Stranger. He points out that that storyline in dinosaurs of them taking care of Robbie and loving him, even though he was an herbivore in a in a, in a carnivore family or whatever, uh, and then tying that to this caretaking behavior as studied by Franz. Nopska, which I did not know Fran, the mom, was named after. That's that's hilarious. But apparently he was a gay-ass paleontologist. Yes, he was. He and his partner, Bajazid Dota, they were a scientist couple in the early mm-hmm. 1900s. And their life is insane. So apparently Franz, or, uh, Franz uh, was a spy during World War I, was mm-hmm. the first person in history to hijack an airplane, yep. was banging his, his dude, his, his and, man. And Jim Henson was a big fan, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I just, I, I want to know more about them. I'm, I'm super stoked and I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that you, you know this whole thing. Like, I've told you no new information. Everything you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. It's like every time people tag me on Twitter of like a meme that they didn't think I've seen, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that four years ago. Tricerabottom. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so what's your favorite uh, fossil hunt that you've ever been on? Oh, man. Okay, I've got a few. So there's the uh, Jurassic Coast of England. Um, I used to go there every summer when I lived in the UK, and I just found incredible stuff every time. But the summer of 2017 was the uh, was the summer that I found my first uh, fossil plesiosaur. I found the uh, humerus first. It had edged out of the rock, and then I found out the, uh, the spot that it edged out of. And then I peeled back that layer a uh, little bit by little bit until I saw the neck, and then I saw the skull. It was only a partial, uh, partially preserved specimen, but it was enough for me. You know, that was fucking cool. Huh. Um, and, and I think what made it so special is that I found it in the hometown of Mary Anning, who was someone that I idolized growing up. You know, she was a uh, poor woman in the... 19th century um and she was one of the very first female paleontologists and she discovered a lot of the marine reptiles that you and i know today like the ichthyosaurs and the plesiosaurs um she was also the first one to study uh coprolite which is fossil poop um <laughs> and she, she conceptualized the idea of deep time uh, she never got credit for her work because she was a woman, and it's only like 200 and something years later that she's finally getting the recogni recognition that she deserves. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask, too, because you do so much uh, fossil hunting and, and digging stuff up, do you just have, like, a ridiculous collection of stuff at your home? Oh, my God. If I could take this camera around, you would be like, you live in a museum. <laughs> I mean, you can kind of see that fish behind me. It's like mm -hmm. hanging up on the wall. I found that in Wyoming. Uh, that's dinosaur footprints that my son found right behind me. I've got this ammonite right here. I don't even know what this is. Actually, that's coprolite. I just have fossils laying around everywhere because I need to categorize them. Uh, my TV stand has a, an assortment. Then I have four whole racks on that side of the wall, just wall to wall. Uh, then it wraps around where the door is, and then my backyard is just a mess of fossils. <laughs> I need a bigger house for my fossils specifically. They can have their own house. I'll live here. <laughs> well, keep keep fossil daddy going. You never know. Exactly. <laughs> I do want to open my own museum someday. What, what would what would it be about? What would you what, what would you cover? What would you put in it? Uh, I would put in all of my fossil finds, and I would make it totally free for the public, because one thing that I really loved when I lived in Europe is that all of the museums were free, and that, just like as an American, I could not comprehend how that could be. Um, and, you know, honestly, I think educational institutions like that should be free to the public for anyone wanting to learn. So if I could create a museum where people could just be free to be who they are and want to learn, everyone would be welcome. <laughs> Unless you're a transphobe, you can go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Transphobes not allowed. Agreed. Well, why do you think it is important to show LGBT representation in paleontology? There are some people that might say, like, that should be a neutral thing. It shouldn't. There should be, it, it you know, should, what does it matter? It should be a neutral thing, um, but it is still a very conservative space. And I learned this the hard way. Um, so I was a member of a certain rock and mineral group of um, southeastern, Mass uh, not Massachusetts, southeastern New England. Uh, I won't say which one specifically, but when my fossil daddy thing started to really take off, 
uh, they started to try to separate themselves from me. They still tried to use my connections, you know, like they wanted me mm. and my connections in upstate New York to get them into all the good quarries. Uh, but they soft blocked me from their Facebook group so that I couldn't see any new notifications so that I wouldn't go to any meetups and I wouldn't go to any events only when they needed me. And it was uh, my friend who texted me and she was like, hey, uh, so this this is happening and I'm leaving the group because of it. And mind you, I had already set up a field trip for them in Rochester, New York, so that they, they could look for fossil trilobites and they were pulling this homophobic shit on me. So what I ended up doing is uh, I told my friend who owned the quarry and he rescinded the invitation, but he didn't tell them and I didn't tell them. <laughs> So they found out when they were already halfway to Rochester, New York, which is a <laughs> six-hour drive from where we are. So wow. uh, that was me being a little petty for sure. But, <laughs> but you know, like um, instances like that are pretty commonplace in uh, the rockhounding community specifically. So I think the more representation that we have, the better. And in fact, actually... Anytime I use the hashtag fossil hunter hashtag on Instagram, I have a bunch of fellow fossil hunters who are like, ew, put some clothes on. Ew, you're gross. Why do you have to be so gay? You know, like, hmm. and I, I know that's how they found me because when you click their profile, they're also paleontology enthusiasts. Hmm. 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 We, we, we've had things like that too. Like just talking about podcasting and then get people find us through that and don't don't like it yeah they're like oh why a gay one yeah yeah it's yeah. ridiculous but you know that's yeah. why representation matters right you, you said that you organize field trips uh I do. Do, you, do, do you have a, a bunch on the horizon uh not right now so like when i organize field trips they're for established like rock groups you know mm -hmm. like the uh north berkshire mineral club that's a uh, that's a group that i'm an active member of the paleontological society of new york the paleontological society of middle america so if you wanted to go on those field trips you would have to uh sign up with those paleontological societies and it's like a flat fee an annual fee of 15 dollars or less and, you know, honestly, for $15 or less, that is a great opportunity to go on some field trips a couple times a year and really get some hands-on experience and knowledge from people who know what they're doing. I encourage everybody to fossil hunt, but honestly, joining a rock and mineral group or a paleontological society is really the fastest way to kind of learn the ropes and learn what to look out for without destroying everything. <laughs> so, Dream dig. Where would you go... I don't know how, how easy it is or hard it is to get into places. It sounds like there's politics and, and permissions and, and shit oh, to yeah. navigate, but like Indeed. wipe all that away and you just get to go. Where would it be? Uh, Lightning Ridge in Australia. Okay. Because all, all the fossils there are uh, opalized, like they're actual opal. Hmm. So you could go there and find a plesiosaur skeleton completely opalized you could go there and find a completely opalized ammonite a completely opalized bellumnite um and it's a dream to go because <laughs> fossil hunting in australia is illegal if you're not australian <laughs> oh. and uh god damn it i i, I just want to bypass that somehow <laughs> yeah yeah i mean can you like accidentally follow someone else doing the hunting wink wink you you, te you technically could <laughs> but you can't export it out of the country like, oh sure you can't fossils can't leave australia 
so what what do you have coming up that people can look out for well so i started my youtube channel um a few months ago and you know like i post about it here and there but i don't really try to plug it on social media uh too much otherwise i feel like it's too much uh, but I, I really enjoy the content that I'm making there, and I feel like it's more um, it's more meaningful. I feel like the content that I make there is more meaningful and more educational than Instagram or Twitter or fucking TikTok allows me to be. Because, you know, like if you try to make an uh, educational Instagram reel or TikTok, they suppress you in the algorithm if it's less than like seven i mean more than seven seconds long and how can you teach people in seven seconds it's just Mm. not really ideal so i feel like my youtube channel is uh something that i'm really trying to heavily focus on so that people can learn and kind of get to know me a little bit better um i'm also gonna be at the annual fossil expo in springfield illinois in october so people can come say hi and find me there uh, that's always a fun time. That's awesome. <laughs> Are like fossil conventions wild and crazy? Like, you'll get fucked um, up and rave or anything. <laughs> okay, so like here's how they go. You go in, and there are a bunch of like vendors and educational booths, and they're just full of freaking fossils. Like as far as the eye can see. Um, and then after that, after the it, like the that uh, particular convention is three days long. Uh, every night when the convention ends, we all go to the hotels and we just kind of like enter each other's hotel rooms and trade fossils like, you know, wild kids do. And then we all go out and drink and potty after and then lose our fossils that we traded. Um, <laughs> so that happened. Actually, oh God, I traded some of my dinosaur footprints for some really amazing pirateized trilobites and I lost them because I got a little too... A little too loose i mean like yeah, okay so i'm a dad i'm not allowed to get loose that often but when out of state opportunity arises i took that and um lost my trilobites yeah. <laughs> and yeah. regretted it <laughs> every convention i've ever been to you can tell the parents that are away from their kids like oh yeah that's, like... Me. that's me that's me did we do it kyle yeah i think so and Fossil Daddy, uh, one, one, one more question, then we'll, and then we'll take a break. I'm wondering if there is a queer person, a queer kid, especially out there, who's like super into fossils and wants to know what they should do, what their next steps should be, uh, how to get through all of the adversity it sounds like is in that field of study. Do you, do you have any advice? Do you have any encouraging words? Yeah. You know, if you want to get into paleontology, obviously stay in school join a paleontological society you can join them when you're 16 uh, or younger but i think if you're younger than 16 you have to have a parent sign or whatever but you know you just gotta ignore what people say i mean if i took everything to heart that people said to me in school and told me that i wasn't gonna be able to do this and i wouldn't be able to do that um i I had one professor tell me that i was never gonna leave massachusetts and then i fucking lived in scotland for 10 years so fuck that guy you know like (laughs) If people put you down, don't say it out loud because you might get smacked across the face. But, you know, fuck them. You know, like, just disregard everything they say and chase your dream. And, uh, you know, it, it might be difficult. It's It was actually really difficult for me, but I got through it. And um, I'm living my hashtag best life. So <laughs> you can, too. That's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Uh, so should we should we hunt some fossils and take a break? Yeah, yeah let's take a fossil break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's take a break. S- split some rocks open, just like my men. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. We are going to do our gay straightest. We're going to do our gay straightest. But first, Fossil Daddy, where can people find out more about you, what you're up to, see your beautiful face? Tell us all the things. Well, you could find me uh, on Instagram or Twitter, or I guess X now, but I'm still going to call it Twitter, mm-hmm. um, at Fossil Daddy. That's F-O-S-S-I-L-D-A-D-D-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also my YouTube, because uh, that's something I'm putting a lot of a lot of heart and love into. So definitely find me there and listen to me bitch about fossils and creationists. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Perfect. a guy named Forrest Valkai? Um, sounds familiar. I don't know names as much as I would know faces. He, he's straight, but an excellent ally. And basically his YouTube channel is him fighting with creationists. It's fantastic. Oh, I freaking <laughs> love that. Okay. I need to look into that. Yeah, I'll send him to you. Uh, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on socials like Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Please don't ship us any fossils. Ship them to me. Okay, yeah, send him to Fossil Daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, quick programming notes. Please buy your tickets for Los Angeles. There aren't that very many left, to be honest. Uh, Sunday, September the 10th at 4 p.m. at Akbar in Silver Lake. Go to gayishpodcast.com slash live for all of that info. Should we do our gayish and straightest? Yeah, let's do it. All right, you can go first because I said so. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the daddy now? Um, my me. gayest still still fossil still daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, my gayest is this past weekend. Uh, we were in Chicago for our Chicago live show, and being in Boys Town, it was the gayest neighborhood I think I've ever been in. Uh, the sidewalks were gay. They had little pillars with gay history. Uh, it was it was just a super gay place, and I really enjoyed it. My straightest is I have had non-painted fingernails for some time now i uh, until recently i've always just had my fingernails painted and so having just regular old non-painted fingernails feels very like a, a straight move on my part what about you mike um well the gayest thing about me this week um in, in addition to going out after the show and and dancing to padam padam in like three <laughs> three different bars i think yeah uh, uh, on saturday night i was in san antonio texas with my fraternity brothers and the gay fraternity brother group wanted to all go out together and the outfit i wore goddamn it was a the a tank top with rainbow stripes on it and then like the sluttiest short short shorts that i that i own um and which was gay enough but then my like total like bright red embarrassment when i ran right into a straight fraternity brother (laughs) who gave me the like oh girl like up up and down elevator eyes like okay pixar it didn't happen i want to see that all right all right all right short shorts specifically so uh, all right, I will. I, I okay, can do that. good. Okay, good. <laughs> and then uh, the straightest thing about me this week is just while in Texas, while in San Antonio, I it's right there in our theme song, everybody. I drank nearly my own body weight in beer this week. Um, I my liver needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Fossil Daddy, how about you? What, what's your gayest and straightest? Okay, well, uh, okay, so like the daddy in me is coming out because now I'm just thinking of you, Michael, in short shorts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, but anyway, um, I guess I'll go with the straightest thing because it's pretty obvious, but I smash rocks, you know, for fun. <laughs> that's pretty, I think that's pretty heterosexual. Um, and the gayest thing about me is I got into a fight with a little old lady at the Wizard of Oz Museum in Wamego, Kansas, <laughs> because she thought that Glinda the Good Witch was the princess of Oz, when clearly it's Princess Ozma who is the, uh, the princess of Oz, you know, like, why was she at the Oz Museum if she didn't know her lore? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. That's perfect. She was so adamant and she was so confident. Yeah. I cut her down and made her cry. I felt bad a little bit after, but like <laughs> Glinda is not the good witch of the North, sweetie. Like yeah. she was the good witch of the South. Read the book. You're yeah. basing all of your knowledge off of the movie. And even then in the 1939 film, she was not even mentioned as the princess of Oz. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I admire the passion, and there's no gayer passion than the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, friend of mm -hmm. Dorothy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fossil Daddy, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on. It's, it's been an absolute joy. It was a pleasure. I want to thank our super gap bridgers. Thank you to Kit Oliver, Andrew Bugby, William Bryant, Christopher M., John Crowley, Stephen Porch, Yost Osel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanius, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Catchatorians, and Jerome York. Thank you for all your support. Thank you very much. Uh, that's it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Catchatorians Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be Butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See ya. Which, by the way, did you know that Friend of Dorothy did not origin originate from Judy Garland playing Dorothy? That the Friend of Dorothy actually originated from the Oz books. Really? Yeah, oh. because in one of the books, uh, Dorothy's house is foreclosed on because Auntie M and Uncle Henry have to pay two mortgages to pay off the old house that flew away to Oz and then the new house. Um, so Dorothy was going to go be sent away to live with some cousins that she never met before. And she was like, hell nah. So she moved Aunt M and Uncle Henry and their house to the land of Oz. And, uh... Uncle Henry was having a gay old time. He loved it there. But Auntie Anne, being the pious Christian woman that she was, shut herself in and uh, didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, so Dorothy, you know, stormed into the house one day and was like, Auntie Anne, what the fuck? And then Auntie Anne's just like, I don't know how you can be friends with all these queer folk. To which Dorothy responds, perbatim, why should I care if they're queer if they're my friends and I love them? Wow. Therefore... Friend of Dorothy was born. Oh my God! That there's there's a that's an exciting fossil discovery right there. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so if you if you don't walk away not having learned something from me, be it paleontology or something about the land of Oz or you know gay history, um, then I did my job wrong. <laughs>